Hi there, Lizzie from Youngbloods here for another episode of Lessons in Hindsight, where we get advice from the big dogs on how to be little dogs. Today I'll be speaking to the inimitable Barb Humphreys, creative director at The Monkees, about how she got into the industry, what makes it great, and why it's so important to pursue diversity at our most senior levels. Hope you enjoy it. Where are you? Oh, there you are. Hey. <laughs> Thanks so much for doing this, Barb. We're really excited to, to have you doing it. Oh, thanks. Fun to be a part of it. Let's um, jump into it, I guess. So first question is why, why advertising, Bob? Why are you here? Good question. Good question. It's very existential. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I guess going back to, I studied graphic design and I was working as a graphic designer for a couple of years. And I think, you know, I always loved visuals and words and writing and things like that. And then after, after a time, I think I was, I was more interested in kind of the idea and less interested and by interested I also mean less good at being really sort of like you know detail oriented on on a computer and you know really methodical and I just I just like stepping away from the computer and concepting more than actually sitting there and rolling out brochures and things like that so that was probably a natural tendency and then I did award school you know and then kind of really got a feel for it but I think it's just also like you get to do, you get to do, if you're interested in visuals, you get to work with visuals every day, but also words as well, which I love and I love writing. And I didn't have any other backups. Like I don't, I don't know. What else. So I'm, I'm really stuffed if this falls through. I, <laughs> I don't, I think you're okay now. I uh, you never know, you know, it's a fickle world. It's a fickle world. Well, then we're all screwed, I think. <laughs> so what was the first couple of years like then after you did award school, where did you start? Well, I got a job out of award school. Um, in, so I did award school in Melbourne and I got a job at a small studio called Spinach, which was really awesome. And that was super exciting to kind of get stuck in. But by that stage, I was sort of quite, I think it was about um, sort of in my mid to late 20s. And I hadn't done any traveling. I kind of put that off since university, which I regret doing in hindsight. Um, <laughs> it's pretty hard to have a gap year when you're 40. But um, yeah, you know, just taking that time, I think is really important. So I... Um, much as I, I love the people there, I, um, I pulled the pin and um, went backpacking and made my way to London, eventually broke and trying to get my foot in the door in London, which was really hard because I didn't really have a big folio by that point. And award school didn't really set me up, I think, with enough kind of relevant work. I think they, they like to see local brands and things like that in folios over there. So I struggled a bit. I did a DNAD workshop over there. I was working in a pub and I, I stuck that out. I did a bit of freelance and then... Fortunately, Wyden and Kennedy were running a, um, a competition for internships and they had an open, open invitation to send an idea in an envelope to kind of get your foot in the door and get through to the next interview and things like that. So I was working in a pub at the time. So I sent in, I just sent in a really weird thing. I made like cushions out of beer towels because I was like living in a pub, living and working <laughs> in a pub. So it was like this warped but kind of gross in retrospect homewares <laughs> item that I embroidered quotes from some of the locals oh yeah things I would say over the bar I embroidered them into the cushions anyway I think it was probably weird enough that they went okay strange come in you know come in and so I got an interview and then I, I met some of the other people there and they put you in groups and that um, led to a placement which was awesome so um awesome. that was probably my um the, the thing that kind of really got me in and excited about the potential of advertising as a career and also just really felt completely like at home you know working there and just amazing people amazing mentors so that was that was kind of really good and then my um after a while my visa ran out and I had to come back so then I went to Mojo in Melbourne 
Oh, nice. And worked there for a while, which was fun. Wow. Yeah. I feel like longer the, the days are gone when you can send like weird stuff to agencies. I remember people being like, don't send weird stuff to agencies. I wish it was <laughs> good. That's fun. Yeah, it is. It's true. It's a, it's a nice kind of thing to be remembered. Yeah. And I, I remember some other crazy things that people used to do as well. And it was kind of like there was an attempt to out crazy each other or out, yeah. out hunt each other with these yeah. things. Yeah. So now that you've been in the industry for, well, been a while now, what do you love about it? I love, I love lots of things about it. I love, I think the variety primarily and the fact that you get to, you get to be creative and you get to use your brain in really interesting ways. Like I'm not great at being at kind of working on self-initiated projects where I sit down and apply myself. Like I kind of need someone to throw me something to kind of chew on for a little bit and think over. And I, I like that I kind of need that personally I think to to get my brain going and I love that you know that's that's kind of what your day is like in advertising and and you can just spend like you can spend time being completely silly and ridiculous and juvenile and laughing your head off for two hours and then you can yeah. also spend time being methodical and rational and you know working through things it's kind of a good mix of different types of solving problems and I like that you get to work with like a lot of people who are really, 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 really good at their jobs, mm. incredible directors and talented people, photographers, all sorts of specialists. Like I, I love that about it. And you learn so much and it's very humbling to meet people who are just so brilliant at, at doing what they do. And I think that's, you know, within the walls of the office and outside of it, you know, all the people you collaborate with. So yeah, I think it's just, it's constantly kind of stimulating and stretches you out of your comfort zone yeah, nice. all the time. Yeah. Is there anything you hate about it? Like, depends what day, I think. You know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's no secret that I really don't, I'm not a, uh, I kind of hate the word pivot and I'm really getting to my limit, the word pivot at the moment. Um, <laughs> sometimes the jargon and the marketing, you know, just all the terminology, I think just any of the things that feel like they're getting in the way of the actual creativity and the simplicity of it kind of really sometimes grind a little bit, you know, there was a question recently for an award submission and the question was how how does this idea play at the intersection of creativity and innovation and all I could think of was like how's it playing at an intersection and I was like it's <laughs> so weird so just all of that stuff I think you could just disappear into this wormhole of theory and language and jargon but but yeah I mean on the whole it's pretty great what we get to do my next question was about uh, what you wish you knew when you started. Was there anything you wish you kind of knew when you started out that you do know now? Yeah, God, probably a lot of things. Um, <laughs> but also I think probably my ignorance helped me because, you know, I, I had a stubbornness that I was going to stick it out and try and get my foot in the door. And I think I, if I really thought too deeply about the reality of it and what it would take, you know, it might've been off-putting. So I think if it, I think that sort of, blind faith and ignorance helped me a little bit but looking back I think you know finding a mentor early on I think is really important and having an outside perspective on your career can be can be really good so I kind of wish I'd sought that out earlier I think I had had some good advice and some people I could turn to but I think just kind of having a go-to person for early on is really good and I think yeah try, learning to to trust your gut and I think that's probably something that you only kind of get a sense of over time. But I don't know. I don't know. There's probably lots of much more practical things I should have, I wish <laughs> I could say to myself, like, you know. 
<laughs> was there, you said you got lots of good bits of advice. What's the best piece of advice that you've been given? Hmm. I mean, one of the best bits of advice I think is from my grandmother, uh, unrelated to advertising, but she always used to say, don't worry, it may never happen. And I think <laughs> I'm a natural worrier. And I think of all the ways that something could fuck up or, you yeah. know, you just, the, the fear sets in sometimes. And I think the reality of what you're trying to do can be off-putting and, and, you know, that kind of served me well. I think optimism is probably not always something that comes naturally to me. And I think it's something over time I've really tried to just go, you know what, I'm not going to worry about this. I'm going to assume the best mm. and kind of get behind something. And I think that's, that's paid off. You know, my grandma has been right often many times on that, you know, all the things I think back to what I worried about and, you know, back to those early years as well, what I was worried about, you know, never eventuated or they didn't feel like such a big problem after all. So, yeah, I mean, you kind of, I guess you've got to have that optimism if everything's kind of, up and down all the time. They do say it's a bit of a, a roller coaster. How do you cope with um with that as a creative? It help. It definitely helps, and it, and and I think it helps bring people with you too. You know, it helps other people around you feel inspired because you know sometimes when people are like I don't know, we want to do this thing, we don't know if it's going to work. It's just too easy to give up on yeah. something. But if you sort of picture it happening and you try and you assume, you know, if you get behind it, it does help. It can go a long way for sure. Yeah, nice. Uh, what is, have you ever experienced self-doubt then along those lines with all of the no's that you're constantly facing as a creative? Do you ever experience self-doubt? Yeah, uh, all the time, you know, to the point where if things are, go <laughs> things are going really, really well and smoothly, I get suspicious sometimes. <laughs> I think, okay, I obviously haven't been trying hard enough or what have I not thought of or what, what's, you know, what could possibly go wrong? It's, it's probably a bad habit, but I think just kind of questioning and going, could I have, could, could I have done something? And it can be, I think, crippling if you get carried away with it. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's a natural, for me, it's kind of a natural thing. You know, I'd hop off this call and just be like, fuck, I should have said that. <laughs> yeah. Should have been more, um, should have been more positive. Or like yeah. Where do you get your inspiration from? Yeah. Um, lots of places, I think. Mm -hmm. Kind of everywhere. Like, you know, movies and documentaries kind of conversations you have with people, examples of people's stories that you hear about in the world. I love going to galleries and seeing art and things like that. And there's uh, anything kind of visual, but yeah, like all sorts of places. And you know, like, I, like weird, weird things, I think, pop up from weird places. Like, like I was watching that, um, that Michael Jordan documentary series and just really inspired by the, the coach dude and how Phil Jackson, I think it was, how he pulled a team together and how, <laughs> his approach to kind of not ever relying on one person and letting everybody, mm. you know, playing to everyone's strengths and letting everybody do their own thing. And he was kind of like, had this kind of mystical vibe about him. And I just thought like, it's, it was kind of interesting thinking about that in terms of agencies and how you get a team together and how you've got a whole bunch of people with different skill sets and, you know, different personalities and not necessarily like Dennis Rodman, but like all these <laughs> different people that you kind of pull in and, and, and you need to kind of like, not wanting to lead on the sporting terminology, but you, you need to kind of head towards something together. So that was kind of interesting. Um, that was interesting. And then also been watching The Sopranos lately and just how, <laughs> thinking about how they create that world and how the, the way they've built those characters was, is really inspiring. So that, that, was kind of, that was kind of cool. But I think people around who are doing awesome things also, I mean, you know, you, you see people who are just really good at what they do. That's really inspiring. Yeah. So, yeah, everywhere. 
yeah, all over the place. Um, <laughs> when I was um, when I was at Widens, Tony um, Davidson used to say, if you saw anyone working late, uh, used to say the answer's not in here; it's out there. Like, get out. You know, you know, good to me. All you do is sit in my in the building that I know. Go out and see things, and do things, and bring new things in. I think rather than just sitting here hoping that something like a lightning bolt's going to hit you while you sit in the office. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. True, it's a good excuse to actually leave the office on time. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. What do you do on the tough, stressful days to get out of that grind? It's hard because it can follow you around a bit. And, you know, it's interesting noticing what happens during COVID because you can't, you can't slam, like grab your bag, slam yeah. it all in your own house <laughs> and go to the next room. Like it just doesn't have the same buzz not that you do that in the actual office though yeah I mean just in case you're like I'm out of here you know <laughs> so I think the best thing that I've found and probably speaking more recently as well is like just get as far away from the computer as possible create distance between anything that kind of reminds you of work or that day I try and spend time with people who make me laugh because it always makes me feel better and makes me forget you know whatever's been happening and then failing that just like going to sleep is incredibly <laughs> incredibly helpful for putting things in perspective and waking up again and going okay that's just another day you know yeah yeah definitely I'm taking a bit of a turn you're known for um nurturing future talent in advertising you've talked a lot about it before and you've talked at award school and you do a lot outside of just your day-to-day -day job what do you think it takes to succeed in the industry I look at the people around me who some of the young people that I think we've had through the agency and that I know. And I think the one thing that they have in common is I think there's, it sounds super obvious, but there's a, there's a willingness and, and a want to kind of progress and, and go somewhere. And you can kind of tell when people have that in them. And there's a, there's a desire to learn more and a curiosity and an interest in, in what they're doing. And they, you know, you find that those people like, like your good self are kind of the people that will go, yeah, I'll, I'll give that a go and I'll try that. And, just get stuck in and do stuff. You know, I think that's super important because it's not an industry that kind of ever, maybe there's few that actually are, but where something you can just kind of rely on having talent and somebody spotting it and, and catapulting you to superstardom. I think it's more a case of you have to find opportunities to, you know, be in front of people at the right time or put, or put your work out there and put your hand up for opportunities and things. And I think all of the people who do really well are, are Kind of have that energy about them and and an urge to kind of grow and learn and keep progressing through it i think and and that's um it's really wonderful to be around like it's really inspiring when you can see people who've gone you know who've grown and taken on new things that have stretched them and and you see their progress and it's really exciting and really inspiring to see i think a lot i think a lot of people work really really hard but i think that's great but you don't you don't want people to burn out you know you want to see that they can still actually enjoy the job they're doing because I think that's one of the biggest determining factors as to how long you'll last is how much you enjoy it and so I think you have to be a little bit selfish too and go how can I get something out of this or make sure that I'm enjoying it at the same time because yeah when it is hard work you want to know that you're still laughing and having fun and you know enjoying it or that you've got the kind of you know self self-awareness or motivation to go okay this isn't for me i'm not enjoying it it's been months of not enjoying it i should try something else or look for something else i think you know so 
yeah, I think that's it. Those are huge factors. Yeah, nice. And so what advice would you give to people who are just starting out? Obviously, we've got people who are just getting into the industry now. What advice would you give them? I think learn as much as you can. Like there's a, there's a lot of resource out there, even if it's not something that you can in person, I think, engage with as much as there used to be with all the networking things. Youngbloods is, is great. And there's lots of other sort of online tutorials and courses and things like that. I think be exposed to as much of that sort of thing as you can outside of your current job. I think try and meet people in different places, like whether that's finding a mentor or just catching up with someone for a drink every now and again and having a few connections within the industry and people who you can kind of ask, ask questions of and get to know a little bit. So I think that's, I think that's really helpful. Yeah. I think that's all I can think of. Meet, and meet, um, meet, meet the recruiters, meet all of the, um, meet the recruiters that you trust and you feel good talking to and keep in touch with them. And I think, you know, as I said earlier, having somebody else kind of objectively help you with your career or, or see it from another perspective is really interesting or where you might fit or where you might need to kind of, where, you know, strengthen your skills and things like that. I think that's often really helpful. Well, on that, you know, in terms of young people in advertising, not just creatives looking for mentors, um, you're obviously a role model for a lot of female creatives. There aren't a huge amount of senior female creatives in, in Australia. Why do you think that is? So it's interesting because, you know, when I joined the Monkeys, there was like three females. I was one of three females in a department of 20. And uh, at different points in my career, I have had female CDs in uh, Mojo and Melbourne. But yeah, coming in here, I think I, I really, when I came in, I kind of felt like, oh yeah, there's, there's a really, there's definitely an imbalance there. I mean, just on paper. But now I'd say our department's probably 50-50, would you agree? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. 50-50. So I feel like coming, coming into the industry now, it is evening out, which is awesome in terms of gender anyway. I think we're, get, we're, getting, we're getting to a good place. But what, what isn't perhaps so, um, so great is just the level of seniors in management and executive roles um, running companies at the top. Mm. There's been some fantastic... Um, there's obviously Tara, um, CCO at DDB, Mandy's NECD at MNC. And there are, you know, there's a few fantastic female leaders in Melbourne as well. But I think that's kind of where, that's kind of where you need to see that pathway to the top. You need to be able to see that there's not just women around you kind of at your, you know, at, at your sort of level. You, you want to see that that's, there's, a, there's roles all the way, all the way up and there's places that you can go. So I think that's something that still needs, still needs work and still needs addressing to balance out. Why do you think it's important to have those women at the top levels as well? Other than the fact that, you know, you're getting, you're getting female perspective and diverse perspectives on running a company and creating a culture. I think like the more, the more different points of view you can have, the more interesting that can be and the more inclusive. But I think those perspectives when it comes to hiring and kind of looking after those teams and things are also really helpful. Mm. Like the world that, that we're making these messages for is you know, it's, it's the, the gender split is, is 50, 50. I mean, this is like the people that we're talking to. It's kind of what life is like. So, but yeah, I think, I think there's also a role there for, um, for senior females and females in management to kind of create decisions for and around the company that support all the different types of careers that people want to have and support better situations and flexible working conditions that serve 
both young people coming in and also people wanting to have families. Mm. And I think that's something that female leaders are obviously going to be a bit more acutely aware of and, and conscious of. It would have affected them in some way. So I think, I think it's really important in that level because it's creating a, a, a company that is more humane in terms of accommodating people's lives and making it easier, I think, to stay in the industry. Because, I mean, if we love what we do and it's really exciting, you, you don't want to have to stop. So yeah. it's really important at that level, I think. And I think, you, you know, I, I'd love to have seen when I was coming up through as a junior, you know, a, a, a female CCO mm. um, or, or EC up there, I'm kind of like, oh, okay, that's, that's, where, that's where I want to end up, you know? Like, I think it's just really healthy to see it and go, you know, have somebody that you can kind of talk to as well. How yeah. do you get there? What do you need to do? You know, that sort of thing. So Yeah, yeah it's definitely, I mean, that's the whole see it, be it thing, I guess, isn't it? is that if there aren't people there, then it makes it harder for them to get there. But I think another awesome point was that we're trying to make work for the wider society. And so the people making work for the wider society should reflect that as well. I think, you know, just we're missing out on interesting voices, you know, like the idea of a female CCO or a female, you know, that it's one type. Like I think the more diverse personalities in general is just a good thing. You know, there's different styles of leadership. There's different ways to do this job. And I think you kind of get more different character of leadership and different personalities and cultures as a result of having different mixes of people you know yeah yeah can you tell us about a favorite moment from your time in the industry oh look there's been a lot of really fun moments i think on shoots or jobs or just sometimes getting an idea through can just be completely amazing but probably getting getting that placement at widen just in terms of a moment that had the biggest impact on my day-to-day existence because I had to wait they did one round of placements and then I had to wait so by the time the actual letter came through I think I was actually living in a hostel in London wow. <laughs> which is pretty grim so like in terms <laughs> of something that transformed you know it was just a massive relief I think just to know like I could go get a share house I had an income coming in I could start to live like a, a local you know instead of a tourist yeah. and I could settle in and and know that I could turn up to work each day and be around you know, that kind of culture and people, I don't know that anything ever kind of tops that. Wow. Um, what's your worst moment or your most embarrassing moment? There's been so many, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, there's a, I don't think I can share it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Get into There's been a lot. Yeah. I think in, because when you're trying to do new things and you're trying to kind of like find your voice and get comfortable in pushing the work and trying new things. I think it just, you open yourself for more opportunity to fuck up. Like the more you try and do, the more you're possibly going to fuck something up. And so I think it's kind of like, it probably happens on a, if not daily, like weekly, monthly basis. (laughs) (laughs) I'm living with it. I'm so intrigued now, but I'll, I'll leave it. Uh, What's your favorite campaign? Oh, ever. That's really hard. I can't picture the one campaign and, I think two, two campaigns that I look back and I go, fuck, like they were incredible in terms of long running, interesting campaigns that stood out to me and completely inspired me about what's possible with this job is um, Guinness, good things come to those who wait. And also probably the stellar work because both of those are kind of, um, you know, it's a product truth about that product and that brand that's executed and told in so many different ways, endless possibilities. 
and the storytelling, the worlds that they created in those films were just beautiful. The other thing that I love about it is I think it's, it's rare these days to be able to take such, you know, interesting lateral leaps in a film. Like, like I was thinking the other day about the, um, I think it's Stella, like there's ice skating priests and, you know, trying to do something now and then people going, well, you know, I don't know that a, an ice skating priest is someone that our target market identifies with. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, this is, this is, whereas like, when you watch it, you're like, I absolutely, I love how, how cheeky that priest is with his, you <laughs> kind of let go of any rational supermarket shopping part of your brain and just get absorbed in a beautiful story and, and the feel of it and you get taken away. And I think it's so, it's so hard, you know, like to get away with that stuff now without like there's, they don't have 50 different like brand cues and, Mm. all of the things you know you just it was about bringing people in and getting them involved and escapism a little bit you know and and entertaining people and you got to know the tone of the brand through their work they didn't try and get to know you through every ad they did it was like you knew who they were because they each time they turned up as themselves and i think that's such a great thing you know like yeah it, you don't you don't necessarily need a friend when you're watching tv you you're happy to just kind of get caught up in a great story and yeah I think those two are great but recently um recently I really loved the recent womb stories and yeah. prior to that Viva La Volva and Blood Normal mm. just think in terms of a kind of body of work that really does kind of move a cultural conversation on and break down a lot of barriers around shame and you know and things that you don't even question like it's I remember watching certain moments of those and just thinking like something so familiar, obviously, mm. because it's if you're female, it is, but so shockingly, you go, oh, I haven't, seen, you just go, yeah, I haven't ever seen that yeah. on, t- on TV. I haven't ever seen that. Yeah. I haven't even seen that told in that way. So um, I think it's incredibly brave. And I think the recent one too, like I was reading somewhere that, um, you know, even the word miscarriage is like a judgy word, like yeah. you, know, you didn't carry it properly, <laughs> you know, like you yeah. fucked it up. And, the, and as, as if people aren't already feeling bad enough, but the language around yeah. all those things that women enjoy is, is bad as well. So I, I think it's incredibly brave and wonderful work. Mm. And, I, and I'm looking forward to seeing whatever they do next because it's just brilliant. Yeah, it was. Do you think that we need more of that, you know, just going out and being entertaining and, and showing people what you are as a brand? Do you think that it needs to have a bit more fun and be a bit more relaxed? Um, there's probably a case for both. You know, if you're a beer, you know, <laughs> if you're a beer, then it, then it makes sense. And I think both those both those campaigns are drinks. So you know, it's like kind of part of that world. It's not it's not the same some other kind of product or service. But I think it's a mix, you know. And I think it's like brands need to find what's appropriate for them and where their kind of world is and what what feels relevant to talk about versus what feels completely abnormal and you know, and just because something's happening in, in, a, in a cultural conversation doesn't mean it's a conversation you need to be having. Mm. It's more just kind of, I think, finding the right fit and knowing, knowing brands, knowing who they are and what, finding their voice and kind of sticking with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. To your point, I think humour is, you know, everybody loves to laugh, so it's always good to see great new humorous work. Yeah, definitely. And when, if we're talking about kind of good campaigns in, more locally and recently, is there an agency that you think is doing a really good job right now? You know what? I'm really, um, I'm really interested in the the type of work that 
and the model that some of the smaller agencies have, you know, like Blue and um, Bear Meets Eagle on Fire, it's a really interesting model and the work, you know, the craft and the level of finish and just the kind of, the sort of ambition to create things that are really arresting and interesting and different. Mm. And I think it keeps, it keeps the industry fresh having places like that, that are, that are doing interesting things. So yeah, I think the stuff they're doing is great. My second last question is what excites you about the future of advertising? I think there's a, there's a, there's a lot. I mean, to your point before about, um, you know, companies and, and kind of roles for women and moving forward. I think one thing that's really interesting is how this working remotely will affect the way that we work moving forward and the freedom that people will have to work from their own workplace, hopefully, and to find opportunity to completely keep doing the work that they're doing, but do it in ways that can work for them as well. And I think that's incredibly exciting. I yeah. think it'll be really good for people who are, you know, sharing parenting duties and all those kinds of things. But I also think like there's so much capacity for, you know, problem solving in the world. And there's been great examples of brands who've stepped in, whether it's during COVID or any other kind of recent thing and helped. Mm -hmm. And I think what we do when we work and solve problems with creativity, I think applying that to the world around us is really interesting and being able to make a difference in a, in a practical way. I think it's really exciting. It's never not boring, this industry, but I think now, now is a really interesting time in terms of where the business will go, um, where the industry will go, but also where the work will go too. That is a nice way to end it. But my last question is there, is there anything that I should have asked you? Um, no, I can't think. I can't think. <laughs> <laughs> but, but my self-doubt is saying, should have thought of something. <laughs> Should have had a question ready, Bob. Fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I think that's a really nice way to end it. It's true. There's, I mean, there's so many things that we can do for good now. So it's, um, it's nice that brands are being allowed to do it and there's obviously opportunity to do so. So it's nice. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. I'll end what, it now. But... <laughs> 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 what do you, what, what do you find exciting about the industry? You know, like a couple of years <laughs> in, you know, what, what's your take on it? I, I mean, I, this is an interview for you, but I'm not ready for this question, but I'm, I don't know. I think I like, I think that the, the reason I wanted to come into advertising is because I think that you like the world is not going to change. I think by governments, especially in Australia, like there's just so many competing things and all the money is in private companies. So if you can be on the creative ideas side of all that money, you can kind of use that money to do good and obviously sell products, uh, but mostly do good. And I think that the people want to do the right thing and that can come from anywhere. And I think that's what's exciting about our roles. That's a good answer. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this, Bob. Um, that was really great. It was great. Good chat. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this interview with Barb Humphreys. Join us next week for another episode of Lessons in Hindsight.